Good morning, everyone, and blessed Advent to you, my friends. Uh, this is the church's new year, so happy new year to you. Remember, this is the beginning of the new liturgical cycle, the new liturgical year for us. We're in year C. Last year was B, and we heard from Mark's gospel. This year in C, we will hear from Luke's gospel. God is faithful, and that he will send the promised one, the Messiah, that will change all things for us. And um, Jeremiah, through the lens of Christianity, we understand that as Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Mary. And um, St. Paul, uh, he's speaking to the community of Thessalonica, of the Thessalonians, and he's encouraging them, continue with this love that you have. And in the Hebrew, it would be hesed. In Greek, it would be agape. Uh, it's a particular type of love. It's a type of love that one does, no matter if you feel good or not. If you're having a bad day, don't matter. You're still going to love. Um, this is the type of love that Paul is, and he's saying, do this. And he said, continue doing this, and if you continue to do this, you will be prepared for that time when he comes back. And I, I joke about St. Paul, and he's a great saint, and, you know, but, um, but St. Paul, you know, he, at first he thought Jesus was coming back on Tuesday morning. And when that didn't happen, uh, okay, something's up <laughs> with this. So uh, he went on to tell him, oh, continue this behavior. And no matter what, whenever he comes, he's coming, he is going to come. But when that time comes, and we don't know when that is, uh, he finally realized uh, that uh, you'll be ready for, uh, for that second coming. Our gospel, Luke is using, um, if you will, He's borrowing language from the Old Testament uh, and uh, appropriating it to Jesus Christ properly. And um, Luke describes, on the one hand, that second coming, the coming in glory. Um, and he's telling Christians should prepare for it in the same way that's what St. Paul was doing. Uh, but he said, uh, in your preparation, you'll do this with confidence and hopefulness in your hearts and minds at all times. And you'll do it with prayer. And um, St. Luke knows about, uh, it's the prophet Daniel. The prophet Daniel is the one who said, the, the one who looks like the Son of Man, the Son of Man. And that means a human. He's talking about a human, someone who looks human. Jesus didn't just look human. Jesus was fully human and fully divine. It's one of those things where, bang, you know, this is where we get the Son of Man, the title for that from. And um, so, my friends, uh, uh, Mother Church, we have our seasons. We have Advent, Christmas, and then we have Lent, Easter. And then in between, we call ordinary time. And so we have moved into the Advent season, and we have this time uh, for us to prepare for the incarnation of Jesus Christ, the celebration of Christmas. And... Uh, but my friends, we cannot fully understand this message of Christmas if we're unfamiliar with, at least in a very general way, history salvation. So we must see this in the Old Testament. Yes, we're Christians in the New Testament, the gospel. We have to understand what this is. And so during the Advent season, the readings and the liturgy relives in a microcosmic way um, the history of Israel, the history of salvation, viewing it always through the lens of Christianity, and it shows that all of that history was pointing and leading to Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. Advent, if you will, takes us back 
in time so that we may um, appreciate the greatness of what uh, we are heirs to. We are heirs to something. And um, what other are we heirs to? We're heirs to the promises that God has made through his prophets and that he fulfills for us. God is faithful, and because he is our father and you are his children, he expects you to be faithful. He expects his bishops to be faithful. He expects his priests to be faithful. He expects his deacons to be faithful, to, to, you know, to remain faithful in all things. I know you guys are good for you guys. And you, you were baptized. You, there are promises made. And if you say, well, my mom and dad made it, well, you're going to have to fulfill them anyway. There are promises made at baptism. And because your Father in heaven is faithful, he expects you to remain faithful to that also. And this, you'll get that when you study the Old Testament, but also from the New Testament. My friends, then, um, Jesus is the one who fulfills the promises made by the Father uh, since time immemorial. Since the, and uh, the first reading points to this first coming of Christ. Uh, Jeremiah is waiting, and his people were waiting, and he says, Don't worry, God is always faithful. It will happen. It says that the Messiah will be descended from the line of David, and his reign will be marked with wisdom and justice, integrity. Hello, Jesus of Nazareth. That's who, that's who it pointed to. And the gospel deals with the second coming of Christ. Um, certainly, um, the first Christians believed, as I said, the second coming was very near at hand and would be preceded by these signs. And uh, they are, the disciples are urged to await the Lord's coming with confidence and hope and watchfulness and prayer. And my friends, um, you always have to remember when we're looking at the scriptures to put them in their context. It's the living word of God, absolutely. God is the God of past, present, and future. And it's the living word of God. When Luke was recording this, remember, they in 70 AD, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. The Romans destroyed it. And for those people, that was the end. Writing in that. But something else happened. Remember, on this afternoon, remember how it's described, darkness covered the earth, and the earth shook. There were earthquakes, and there was thunder, and there was lightning, and the heavens were shaking. You see what this has happened. Now, there's something else going on. Um, the Scripture said, the one who is like the Son of Man, the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, will return as he left. Now, it goes, you guys can never see it, but in my book of Gospels, there's drawings and pictures, and sometimes they're kind of funny. And on the Ascension, on the page of the Ascension, it's Jesus' feet, and they're like wagging, and they show him in clouds. You know, when I open, I start laughing. I'm like, don't, don't laugh, you know, because they show the picture. It's a funny picture, just Jesus' feet. And he's going up to heaven, and the apostles are, to which the reading says, why are you standing there looking up, men of Jerusalem? Get going. Well, now this reading says, he will return the way he left, in clouds. So, my friends, there's a lot of anxiety around end-time readings and stuff, so I want to, in a very practical way, tell you something. If it says that Jesus is returning on clouds, then there must be an earth. If there's no earth, there's no clouds. What am I telling you? The earth is not going to be destroyed because he's coming back in the clouds. For all of you folks who know anything about 
biology and all that stuff, there are no clouds without the earth. So the earth will be here when he returns. The new heavens and the new earth is about the new way, the new way of being. And so I bring this up because people get beings, especially when times are rough, like they are right now in the world, people uh, look for answers and looking for hope. And this is me instilling hope into your hearts about this. And it's the truth in the, I'm not making it up so you feel better. It's right there. I might just read it. He's coming back in clouds. Hello, science. <laughs> Help us out here, science, with this. Well, Valerner, if there's clouds, then there must be earth. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> and so my friends, um, like I said, the first Christians believed that that second coming would be quick and it wasn't to be that way, and they began to understand that. And, uh, you know, we prepare, though, and we stay prepared, and that's what our second reading, the topic, is about, being prepared. We prepare by living uh, as the Lord did, in love and kindness. Paul says, you've been instructed already. We've told you what to do, to love. And we are the disciples today, and we are living between these two comings of Christ, if you will, the first time we celebrate at Christmas with the wonderful event in Bethlehem, uh, the Incarnation, 2,021 years ago. The second coming, we Christians believe, will happen at the end of times, as Jesus called it. And uh, he will come again in glory, the way he had left, in this particular. And uh, as we prepare the church environment for Advent, changing it over to purple, and we put the Advent wreaths, and you see... Uh, the fir and pine trees, and uh, I reflected on how these plants stay alive all the time. And by my house, I have uh, fir trees, and they're green, and they're beautiful, and next to them are the other trees that are dead. Well, they look dead. They're just sleeping, hibernating, and all the leaves have fallen off, and I know because I have to go out there and sweep the driveway of all the leaves, and even out here by our fountain, so they've cleaned it up. You see what I'm getting at? The, and my friends, the, the trees, I look to nature. The trees bear witness to life. These evergreens and stuff are always alive. And um, they never are asleep. And, of course, they are not sustained by their own determination. They are sustained by the very power of God. And uh, so we can even look to nature and see God is here. And uh, upon reflection, they show us Christians, what we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be like them, alive always, filled with life and hope and joy, and to be watchful, yes. And my friends, two of the several uh, themes of Advent is about being awake and being watchful and being filled with hope, always. And Christians in this in-between times of the two comings of Christ are to bear witness to Him. His church is to bear witness to Him, nothing else but Him. And his truth, not other truths, his truth, his ways. And thus, because, and to be that example to the world that is so need of it, that seems so lost at times. And so we are to bear witness to love in the midst of hatred. And we are to um, speak about peace in the midst of conflict and to be light when things are dark. And, uh, we are to stay awake or we will miss many things. The scriptures tell us people have ears but do not hear sometimes. They have eyes but cannot see. 
And uh, in truth, we all need to be awake because life is precious and fleeting in human time. But then we have eternity, which goes without measure. Huh? And, uh, but this is especially true of us Christians, we followers of Jesus Christ. The Lord asks we are to be witnesses in this world on his behalf. And uh, we witness to life and to hope in the midst of disruptions and upheavals and boredom even. And we are to witness to his truth. And we witness to truth and justice and love and peace. We are witnessing to him who is our Lord and Savior. And uh, the way to witness to the truth is to live truthfully about all things and the way to witness to justice is to act justly with everyone, whether you like them or not. And um, we, we are to witness to his love towards everyone, whether we like them or not. That's the idea of agape and hesed, that love. And, uh, and the way to witness to peace is to live peacefully with everybody. Jesus said, pray for those who persecute you. You shall love your enemies. He didn't say hate them. He said love them. Pray for them. The most effective way to witness to Jesus Christ is to live this Christian discipleship with integrity and uh, with honor. And uh, my friends, uh, Advent is meant to be a time when we renew our awareness of the Father's presence uh, and love in our lives. Like we believe it. We have Christians who don't live like they believe it. And so they witness the wrong way to the world. God fulfills his promises, and we in turn need to fulfill ours. Always. And uh, uh, this is done in large part by doing what Christ did. He extended love and kindness and respect to everyone. He did not disrespect anybody. Ever. He did good. And that ultimately put him on the cross. That is what our second reading gets at when Paul says, you already know what to do. You've already been instructed. My friends, so in this time of Advent, I'm asking everyone to start by a commitment or recommitment to prayer. Christians who follow Jesus Christ who don't pray doesn't make any sense. It's the same thing as saying, I'm a baker, but I never bake. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> How is it that you're a baker then if you never bake? As a Christian, you must pray. If you don't pray, hmm, that's a problem. I do it all the time. I, as a matter of fact, people make fun of me because when they come and see me, I need time to pray about that. Uh, you know, people are, but Father, you're just saying that because you're putting me off, or do you really pray? Well, maybe sometimes, but I really do pray. <laughs> you know, you come in and see me so often, I need to, <laughs> time to think. But yes, I do. I take everything to prayer. And so I always try and be practical with you. If you've, been, if you've stepped away from prayer, and contemplation and action, then uh, you don't have to become a priest. You don't have to be, go to the monastery. You pray every day. Start by saying grace at meals. You know, just thank, like, thank you, Lord, for that. Well, last night someone gave me a chocolate-covered Santa Claus. It was a marshmallow. Oh, yay. <laughs> yes, I ate it. <laughs> it was really good, and I thank God for the person who gave it to me, but I thank God for the yummy marshmallow. <laughs> You laugh, but it's like breathing to me. When you don't even think about breathing, you breathe. If you start praying this way, it just is natural, and it's not a burden to you. So start with saying grace, and you don't have to make a big deal about it. You know, oh, well, I don't want to like to pray in public, but I'm in a restaurant. Well, then don't. 
When the meal comes, thank, thank you, Lord, for the server. Thank you for the cook who made this. Thank you for the mm, yummy steak. Here we go. You know, especially if that's how you feel. I mean, if, that's how, if you don't feel that way, maybe you don't say it, you know, because <laughs> you want to have integrity about it. I don't like Brussels sprouts. So if I ever see Brussels sprouts, I'm never thankful for Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Can we be real about this? I'm not thankful for that. But I am thankful uh, that I get food, huh? Um, So my friends, in this Advent season, as we make our preparations, do this. Start back with that prayer life again. And uh, maybe you pick up, there's 150 psalms. That's 150 days if you take one psalm every day and pray it. It gets you through 150 days, right? Um, If we have Protestants here, you have 151 (laughs) because of the way they split it up. Um, and, but um, do this, or maybe you just begin to read. You know, if you want to, Father, okay, I'm going to read one of the Gospels. Okay, I'll give you a hint. Mark is the shortest Gospel. Start with that one. It's the shortest one. You can read it in an afternoon. But I would say, uh, maybe you come to daily Mass. If you haven't been coming to daily Mass, maybe you come to daily Mass again. Of course, for some who have been away, this is hard because of the COVID thing, but uh, if you haven't been, or you know Catholics haven't been, tell them, come on back. Come on home. It's time to come home. It's time to get in here. And, uh, so my friends, uh, Christians must show forth Christ to the world. And these are the ways we go about doing it. And we do it in all the seasons of life. But perhaps most time when things become tough, when the world says we need direction, we need someone to give us hope, that's when the world looks to us. And rightly so. And, uh, hope or a bright future is a real part of the Christian discipleship. And uh, our faith is meant to engender within us great confidence and hopefulness and about our ultimate future. You know what I'm talking about, right? The resurrection. We're a resurrection people. Jesus Christ, our Savior, is resurrected, so we're a resurrection people. And uh, the hope and the essence of the season of Advent reflects that. My friends... Um, I've talked to, uh, before I went on my adventure uh, to Europe, Father was kind of in this really funky place. And a lot of times we priests don't talk about that with you. Um, But I began only to see that which was dark. You know, everywhere I looked, people were being hateful and people were being mean and people were going on and on and on. And it it was just put me in a really bad place for a while. Well, I can't be an effective pastor like that. And, you know, as it is, you know, Jesus, when I'm not listening to him or the Holy Spirit, he gets my attention, slapping me around. And so when I went on this trip, he hijacked it and made things happen to put me back where, I mean, how can I be your pastor if I don't have hope in my heart and don't express it? You know, and what became, and I tell people all the time, the, the, when I tell you, the Holy Spirit talks to me. It's not audible. I mean, I'm not hearing voices in my head. It's upon my heart in my prayers. And um, I was telling people, he never refers to me by my first name. He just calls me priest. Priest! And I thought, what happened to my name? <laughs> but, you know, it's how, you know, the Holy Spirit said, so how can you be a, God has given you people. How can you be their pastor if you have this type of way of thinking? And uh, so I came back. Uh, filled with joy and hope and everything. And, of course, you know, of late, I was like, okay, Chicago had 24 killings and Texas had nine. And then there was the, the killing of the, in the parade and then down in Tacoma. And I'm like, ah, the variation. I was like, oh, good Lord. Ugh. 
Hey, you know, but my guardian angel is like, mm-mm, mm-mm, don't go there. <laughs> don't go there. We've already... So we can only see that or we can see the joy and the hope and the love. We see as the Father sees you in the world. Uh, we recognize problems, but we respond the way Jesus did. He responded to hatred with love. He responded to despair with hope. So this is me doing that for you. There's hope in all things because Christ is returning and he just wants us to act the way he did when he was here. And we can do this. And my friends, there are, in between the two comings, we have the incarnation and when he returns in glory. And Christ is present in other ways, but there are many of you uh, who... We say lost, but people aren't lost. But when someone dies, we say we've lost someone. There are many of you who carry the chalice of great burden and mourning and sorrow. And your heart is filled with sadness. And we've had many, many passings in our parish this year. So I remind you, Christ said, I will come for you. So for those people, that is, that is one of the other comings of Christ. He comes and he said, I will take you to where I am and where I will be you will be also. And no one will take your peace from you ever again. So for you who have lost your loved one, and your heart is burdened by that, I give you hope in the scriptures. Christ said, I will come for you. You will live always. And the people that I know of that have passed recently, they are very much alive because of their faith. So Jesus said, your faith has saved you. 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 So let us walk in faith now. Even now we have that spark of the eternal within us. And we live as resurrection people. So uh, if you ever see Father getting into that funky place again, definitely pray for him and just say, Father, you need to get out of that funky place for us. Uh, but I'm not too worried. The Holy Spirit will manage me again <laughs> in that way. Now, my friends, we're beginning Advent, and I've alerted you that we're going to reintroduce the sign of peace. Now, let's first remember what the sign of peace is. The sign of peace is not a time for you to look at the person next to you and say, Hey, buddy, how you been? Where you been? No, 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 no. That's what you do outside. This is a ritual. And it comes from our scriptures. In the scriptures it says, if you know that your brother or sister has a problem with you, put down your gift and go and make peace. Did you? If you know that your brother has a problem with you, not if you have a problem with them. See how the, the scripture puts it. Um, go and make your peace. So that's why this is in the Mass. Just before we receive the great gift of the Eucharist, we try and make peace. My friends, we have folks that still have a lot of anxiety about COVID. And we don't make fun and we don't make light of it. So if you're sitting next to someone who they don't want you in their private space just yet, I'm proposing when it comes to the sign of peace, put your hands together and just look at them. Peace, peace. Now, if someone puts out your hand and you're comfortable and you want to shake their hand, go right ahead. Families have always been hugging each other and maybe there's a, a kiss of peace, that's all right. But if the person doesn't extend their hand, don't get angry. It defeats the whole purpose of <laughs> the sign of peace. Just be at peace 
with it. And just peace to you. So we'll introduce that. Regarding the cellos, people have asked me about the, the precious blood. There's no, there's just no indication that the, our archbishop is bringing that back yet. Um, so, okay. You're not cheated. The fullness of Christ is in the bread and in the, and in the wine. And you don't get less Jesus. You know, heard me talking. You don't get less Jesus. Where are all of our sack prep children? They're learning this for preparing for First Eucharist. You don't get less Jesus if you don't have the wine. You don't get more Jesus if you have both. That's, that's just not how it works. Huh? But uh, the Archbishop, when he's ready, will permit the child to come back. Until then, we just wait with hopefulness and joy in our hearts about that. Okay? My friends, uh, if you haven't got your wreath yet, which I kind of talked about a little in my homily, uh, our school families are out there and uh, raising funds for the school. They have wreaths and swags and table pieces uh, available. And that's as you're leaving out, the, going that way, you'll go to your right and you'll see them. If you go to your left, the families will be able to pick up the Advent bags uh, that help the families out during the Advent season with the children. And uh, my friends, don't forget the calendars. Uh, uh, they're donated by Haven of Rest. And they said they'll see you eventually. <laughs> We're resurrection people. Come on now. <laughs> Let us be people then of the resurrection. Let us be people filled with hope and light and peace and joy. Even in the midst of trials, uh, we are to be that. Amen?